everybody, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend on Spotify or wherever you guys are listening to the podcast. I am the host, Josh Sanchez, and the purpose of Your Spiritual Best Friend is to connect spirituality, mental health, and astrology all in one because it's important for everyone to realize that we are all on our own spiritual journey at the end of the day. So the more we open up, the more we are able to connect with each other and grow as a collective society. So sit back and relax and enjoy your spiritual best friend. Hey everybody and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend. I am your host Josh Sanchez and I'm here with a very special guest, Christopher Glatis. How are you doing Christopher and what's going on? I'm doing great, man. It's it's Friday, so it's the beginning of the weekend, so it's always uh and it's sunny here where I'm at, so I'm all good. Couldn't ask for anything else. I know if you want to disclose, you know, like around your location, where where are you uh based from? I'm in Los Angeles. Oh man, so it must be great over there in the West Coast. You got the nice sun, got the nice, got the nice attitude, atmosphere around there. Yeah, it, you know, sometimes like where I'm at, like we have what's called June gloom. So a lot of times it's really like overcast till like noon, and then it burns off. But you know, those are you know, those are those are my, the temperature is always great. So minor problems, you know. I mean, the weather overall is great here. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely something. California is definitely something on my bucket list. I'm on the East Coast. I'm in like the Philadelphia area. So it's like the uh, the complete opposite coast and stuff. So that's definitely something traveling to California is something that's definitely on my bucket list and stuff. Um, but Chris, I, grew up, I grew up in Maryland, actually. So I'm not I wasn't far from you. Oh, man. Oh, man. So what, what led to the what led to the move? If you wanted to disclose, you know, from Maryland all the way to L.A. Uh, it probably was the entertainment business. And, and you know, nowadays everything's so connected. You don't necessarily have to be in Los Angeles. But um, I think I came here for other reasons, too. I think, you know, the, the L.A. seems to at least when I moved out here, it seemed to be more of a um, more open to this kind of discussion. Right. Like where I grew up in the East Coast, it was more politics and, you know, people weren't really talking about their um what they struggle with or their vulnerabilities or any of that stuff. So um, I think that's also the weather. You got mountains, you got the ocean. So all all those things wrapped into one. I love it. I love it. So definitely, that's definitely, again, like I mentioned, like California is definitely something that is on the bucket list. Definitely need to take a a flight out there and see. Um, But Chris, I just want to say again, thank you for reaching out and wanting to come on the podcast, you know. So with this podcast, I really think starting us off, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about your journey. I know you mentioned in your last answer, you know, part of the move to California, Los Angeles was, you know, the openness to, you know, disclose and be more vulnerable with people, especially when it comes to mental health and stuff. So I know you mentioned that you're a filmmaker. I know that you're also an author too. So which avenue would you really like to start first? Can we try, you know, just like the filmmaker side, like what got you in the filmmaking and uh, how has that been for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I got the bug in undergraduate school. Um, I I probably was trying, you know, I was, initially I was in there as a business major and it just wasn't clicking with me. I, I, I and I also I think going the, the theatrical uh, communication route um, seemed to be a little easier at the time. And and so I kind of and I had some other buddies of mine who were in my fraternity who also were kind of going that route. And I just I had it was just fun, you know, I mean, just creating, pulling, you know, doing stuff. Um, You could make all the mistakes you want because you weren't really putting it out anywhere. You had all the equipment, didn't cost you any money. And so I really started to think about when I was finishing undergraduate school, like, what do I want to do? And that was, you know, go to film school was kind of the next step. Again, things have changed now, but um, that was really kind of where I wanted to take this this you know, this urge, this bug that I had. And so I went to American University Graduate School. Um, Their curriculum there was really to get an overall understanding of the filmmaking process. It wasn't like, I think USC and some of the schools out here, you get on a track, like a directing track or a writing track. And I kind of learned it all. Um, And I also, I took some classes up in New York and I took some classes, I came out to LA and took some classes out here at UCLA Extension. 
And, you know, everyone that I trusted or I knew in the business was saying, if you can write in this business, you can do anything. And so I kind of followed that that path. Okay, Chris. So what I'm hearing from you is, you know, you went through a mixture, you know, of East Coast in the school, you know, also West Coast in the school. And one of your biggest takeaways, you know, and one of the main points that really stuck out to me in your last answer was you mentioned how an undergrad there was a shift for you, right, where, you know, you were going into this business track and then you realized and discovered, you know, another passion, right, which got it got you into like filmmaking and the enter and, you know, the communication industry. Um, I know you mentioned another key takeaway about how like writing, like once you're able to write in this industry, you know, you can go a long way. So when it comes to my next question, just building off of everything, you know, when it comes to, you know, the filmmaking process. So what are some films, you know, that like what are some like genres or what, you know, what type of films, you know, do you really take pride in, you know, and the, the storytelling that goes along with it? Yeah, I, I tend to gravitate towards um, the, the this, it doesn't have to be a thriller. Um, I mean, it, now that a lot of the horror movies are really smart horror films, anything that has some sort of psychological bent to it, go, go figure, you know, from from where, you know, I came from my background dealing with, you know, not only anxiety myself, um, but also having in my family, having mental illness. And so that was always a draw for me to understand why people do what they do. Um, and that dark side, I don't know, is just intriguing to me. Like, what, what, what was that all about? Why do people, um, you know, how, how, if people are struggling with some sort of internal demon, how do they rise from the ashes? Right. And so those sort of stories have always drawn me in. And also, I think I'm attracted to filmmakers who really push the envelope, like you, films that really aren't mainstream films. I think that's why I love more independent films. Although if you look at some of the greats like, you know, Scorsese or Paul Thomas Anderson or, you know, the list goes on. Um, they, they did things their way, you know, and they, they, they weren't apologetic, um, about what they were doing. And, and I think that because of them, because of filmmakers like that, who push the envelope, it opens up the doors for other filmmakers. And so I, 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 I really look up to, and also it's a, it's a big risk. You know, some of these guys, they're taking big swings, you know, and they could either, they could either, it could either be amazing film or it could be a disaster. And so something about that, that risk also is exciting to me. So th those are probably the filmmakers and the type of films I'm drawn to most. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The reason why I asked that question, you know, just cause I know like you've been in like the industry for a while now. Right. So I just wanted to know like, what are some things, you know, like that really interest you and stuff. And that's really cool. The thriller and the psychological, um, do you have like any, like, top like top couple movies you know that you would recommend when it comes to that genre um so that way you know whether that's on like netflix or you know like other like the other media platforms so that way people can give it a watch man you know it's so funny i haven't seen any films in a long time um which is which is um which is a little bit interesting from someone you know being being in the business um you know look i think that one other thing I want to say is that sometimes I don't love certain films, but I can really appreciate what they're trying to do as well. And I, I look at like, I don't know, this film just popped into my head, but um, because I love this filmmaker and I love what he does and I, he, he does everything that I just said is David Fincher, who did the movie Seven. Um, he's uh, he did uh, Fight Club is the movie I was going to tell you. That's the movie I was going to talk uh, bring up is that an older film, but just took big swings the, the 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 material that that was based on uh chuck chuck palinuk i think is his name who wrote the book um also is a really you know is a, is a writer who 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 kind of lives on the edge so that would be one film um you know look i also love comedies i also love to lighten it up as well um but yeah that that film comes to mind i think um, i mentioned seven which is also um you know, a serial killer movie that kind of broke some molds the way, way it ended. Um, but as we go along, if I, some other ones pop in my head, I'll, I'll bring them up. Um, uh, but yeah, I always, I also brought up Paul Thomas Anderson. Who I love his films, you know, Boogie Nights. Um, he's not, his films aren't necessarily 
thrillers, but um, he they're they're very unique. You know, all his films are very very unique. Like Licorice Pete, Licorice Pizza was his last film. Okay, Chris, definitely, you know, and I'll definitely, I'm going to give some of those uh, definitely a watch as well. And, and, and like you said, you know, as we continue our conversation, if you have any others, you can feel free to just, just like, just like free fall, whatever, just let me know. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, Chris, I just wanted to say, you know, first again, like I just, I appreciate your honesty, you know, like what got you into this, because like you mentioned, it's all about the journey and the steps that we have taken, you know, to get to where we are. So I know you mentioned a lot about like the anxiety and I know you mentioned some like inner inner demons, right, that we all face. Um, So my next question just for you is what are some of those like anxiety moments for you or when did you recognize the whole feeling of anxiety and how has that really affected you and your journey um, to where you are now? Yeah, I mean, look, it's a lifelong journey. I mean, I think that uh, it's really started right before college, uh, undergraduate school. And I I just think that I was, you know, now I realize growing up in the, in the family that I grew up in um, with, you know, the things that were going on. Um, I know my, I know my parents loved me, but there was definitely neglect and, um, and I felt alone and I felt like I had to kind of figure things out on my own, which was unbelievably frightening as a young kid. So I think when I went to college, I had some separation anxiety. Um, I finally went and saw a psychiatrist when I was in college. And um, I mean, that kind of shows you how desperate I was because I wasn't really getting the support from my family at home. And, you know, I think that now looking at this whole journey, the, and I try to state this in the book is that those the anxiety that I experienced and how it how it kind of forced me to turn inward really kind of allowed me to um, I think it fed my art um, for for better or for worse, you know, um, and, and also it allowed me to really understand myself on a very, very deep level and in that heal. You know, and so when I look at like, you know, looking back and trying not to have regrets over things, it's it's looking, trying to just reframe that as, you know, I I went through this and I'm still going through this, but I'm a much more deeper three dimensional person. I can I have a lot of uh, compassion and empathy for others who struggle with, you know, anxiety, you know, anxiety or mental illness as well. Um so it's just like it's like a peeling uh, uh, layers of the onion off. There's something that I mean, every day there's something new. Yeah, Chris. And I will say first, I just want to acknowledge and say thank you, you know, for being so honest, you know, because I know especially when it comes to when it comes to reflecting on our past experiences and our anxieties, you know, it can be very overwhelming at times, you know, to to go back to like that moment, you know, where we were feeling and where we were feeling one of our lowest points of our life. Right. And, and I think when it comes to mental health, like there has been a lot of barriers, you know, when it comes to actually, you know, disclosing and being vulnerable with others. So I really appreciate so far your honesty, you know, and to share some of those anxieties of the separation anxiety and also um, like the other fears that you've had in, in undergrad and getting help and getting and finding a psychiatrist um, just to share as well. That's something when I was an undergrad, that's when I really got into therapy as well. It really was an eye opener for me as well. So to hear you share that story, I just wanted to highlight that as well. Um, but just building off of, you know, everything that we've said. So when it comes to those barriers, right. Or like that first step, you know, to admitting like, Hey, like I definitely have something that's going on. I need to get some help for you. Like, when did you realize it was time to find that psychiatrist? And like, what was the first steps that you took, you know, to, to get yourself back? Right. Yeah. Well, the other thing I want to bring up, um, you know, about what you just said is that I think for men also, it's, it's really a tough, tough thing to admit to, um, some sort of struggle, right? Like that, because it's, I'm broken. I'm, you know, I, I'm, I failed, you know, and I think I'm making generalizations, but I think this is what goes through a lot of men's head. I grew up with a very type A father. So it was always appear strong, you know, um, and just suck it up. Um, 
you know, I remember one time it was like, go to the gym and, you know, work it, you know, work it out in the gym or whatever. So I, I don't think, I think some of those things are good, but I think that to be able to, you know, let men know that it's, it's, it's okay. Actually vulnerability is strength. You know, it's it, the ability to be vulnerable is a strong characteristic. Um, like I said, for me, I think I just reached a breaking point when I realized that I wasn't going to get any sort of support or help or direction from my parents. Um, and, and, and being at college, I was keeping it from my roommates because, again, for the reasons I just mentioned, um, I, I just, you know, I was... I just thought like, that's where I, I didn't really think about a therapist. I thought, I don't know why I thought of a psychiatrist, but, and I just, you know, searched the local, tried to find one in the area, which I did. And what was amazing is when I went and saw him, it was like within five minutes, he's like, you know, he labeled me, which I don't like labels, but he said, Hey, you have panic disorder. And I was like, it was so relieving because I, no one had ever said like, this is what it is. It's treatable. And you're okay. You're going to be fine. Um, and you know, he, he loaded me up on some medication, which at that time was fine. I have a different view on medication now, but, um, but he got me over the hump. He opened up a door for me and, um, and you know, on some level that changed my life that day. Yeah, Chris. And I will say, it seems to me, you know, like that, because you know, like when it comes to like us finding treatment, right, like different approaches are going to work for everybody. And it seems for you, you know, like the fact that your psychiatrist was very, you know, direct and honest right away, it relieved you to, you know, like, okay, like now I actually know like what, what, what it is. Right. And then once you're able to find that medication and get adjusted, you were, you're starting to feel better. Um, am I getting that correctly? Am I missing anything or? No, the only thing you'd be missing is that he actually, he had recommended he, at that time that I actually get into, he had like a group that he was involved with, like where other people were struggling and they could talk. And I just pushed, I wanted the quick fix back then, you know, and, and I write this, write about this in the book also is that there is no quick fix. And I think that being in college, I was like, I want to enjoy college. You know, I don't want to be in a group talking about this and I'm just going to take the medication and I'll be fine. But what I realized is when I take that came off that medication, all that stuff is still simmering underneath stuff that I hadn't worked on. And so when I finally got out to California and, and started to see a therapist who wasn't, didn't have the ability to write me a prescription and, was mentioning that I should get into, you know, some group work. I think that's where things really started to change because I didn't have the medication to fall back on. I felt I was in a group of people who were struggling with similar things and they were supporting one another. And I was able to actually voice this stuff, not just to a therapist or psychiatrist, but other people, which is healing in, in, a, in, of, its, in and of itself. Yeah, Chris, you made a really good point, you know, of like joining the group work as well, like joining groups, you know, of other people that have experienced certain things um, for you when it comes to, you know, finding those groups. Like if you if someone was just starting, you know, trying to figure out and find like themselves, especially when it comes to discovering their own anxieties, um, like what when it comes to like the concept of like the group therapy um, what were some of the things that you took away from it during, with your experience of being in like the group therapy session and joining other support groups to really help you, you know, uh, work on that anxiety? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's priceless. I mean, you, you know, I, I got involved with some men's groups out here as well, because I think men, like I said before, they deal with things that are, that are, um, that, that women might not deal with, you know, or they, or they deal with it differently. And I think that just being in a group of men supported by men, especially since I had a father that I know he loved me, but he wasn't, um, he was distant. And so being in a supportive, loving, um, environment with other men was just fantastic. And, you know, I want to say some of these things are, you know, there's no cost involved. I mean, I, you know, I've done, um, uh, what is it? E it's the adult children of, um, of alcoholics, which is part of the AA program. And that is free. It's online. I mean, you literally can, there's literally a meeting every couple of hours because there's happening worldwide. And 
I, I've actually started to jump into that recently because um, it's just another it's just another tool. It's just another support group. Um, I, I think that doing the one on one thing is great. But in but once you get your sea legs, being in a group and actually seeing other people that are struggling with the same thing you are, um, it has like an interesting effect on your healing process. Um, it can be really challenging, too, but that's good, too. You know, you want to challenge yourself. Um, but, you know, nowadays there's all these things are online. There's 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 therapy that's free. There's low cost therapy. I mean, the, 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 what is out there now for people is just, it's amazing. I mean, there's so much support out there at various levels and costs. Okay, Chris. And, and again, like I said, I really appreciate, you know, just your honesty, you know, sharing all of your experiences, right. Between joining support groups and also, you know, finding a therapist, finding a psychiatrist. And I really appreciate everything so far. Now, I know you mentioned your book a couple times, you know, so, you know, but when your mind screams and I love the cover and I love I read a little bit of your book and, and I really like I really like what you're saying. Like you said, like the vulnerable storytelling is so important. Um, so when it comes to creating your book, you know, like what were some challenges for you? And now, you know, you've reached a point where, you know, like it's on Amazon and and a lot of people have read it now. Like, how has that been for you? Uh, being, you know, like creating like your own story about you, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, it, it, right. It, it, you know, I've been writing for a long time, screenplays, um, you know, mostly screenplays, but writing in general is hard. I mean, I think people have this idea that once you do it, like it gets easier, but it, it, it really doesn't. It's, um, and then when I jumping into, um, you know, a nonfiction book, which I'd never done before, um, was was very challenging because my book is kind of like a um it's it's got a bunch of tools but it also is like almost like a memoir it, it you know i talk a lot about my life and i think that the reason why i wanted to do it's like a hybrid the reason why i wanted to do that is because to show people um what i've been through i'm sure people who have read it will have been through more than i have less but it gives it gives me a little bit of credibility um, into what I'm talking about. Um, it's not a clinical book and there's plenty of books out there that'll tell you what's going on in your brain and all that. But, and that's important, but if you want to heal, it's, it's, it, you got to switch into a different mode, you know, and it's, you, you have to do the work. It's not easy. Um, uh, and, and it's outlined in the, it's outlined in the book. I think that the having, Again, having a team of people to kind of help me do this. I had a developmental editor, copy editor, all these different people. I had people read it, um, give me their feedback. Um, so it was it was a long journey. It was um, trying to get balance out the, the stories with the tools um, and also trying to do something a little bit different than what's out there. I mean, I think there's a few books out there that are kind of go down a similar path, but um, I'm a true believer that at least now that things don't have to be so complicated. I think that when I was younger, it was like, I made things so complicated. Like you had to do this and this and this and this, and you had to listen to this and, and it just becomes so overwhelming. It creates anxiety. Right? So I tried to narrow down the handful of tools that I've used over the years that have worked for me. Um, and that are, are, they're very, they're simple, but you have to do them, you know, it's simple, but not easy. I think it's what, what they say. Um, but it's, it's been, a, it's been a really wonderful journey. And now I'm just trying to get the book in front of people who I think really would benefit from it. Yeah. You know, and just like you said, like it, it really is a whole journey, right? And one of the main takeaways I really, that really stuck out to me in your last answer was, you know, you mentioned how when you were younger, like you, you would, overthink right and it would be like you would over when it comes to like like the project right like you would overemphasize certain things right and it would just create so much like added pressure and add to you know that anxiety whereas like now like i've noticed like you've said like hey like it, i'm gonna take my time with this right i'm gonna make sure i'm getting all this stuff done and like it's not as like that intensity factor right it's not as like intense as it once was right because when it comes to, like that pressure and stuff uh which is good to see right because you know as 
you become more of a writer, right? Like you're getting more experience and you, you know, are getting more, you know, comfort and you're getting comfortable, you know, the more you are doing it. Um, is there anything that I missed or, you know, like, or those some like just those like takeaways and stuff? Yeah, no, every, you, 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 you hit every, every point. I think the one other thing I wanted to say, and I do cover this in the book a little bit is that what I started to realize with, um, I don't know if you've reached this point yet, but with therapy is great, but I also think it sometimes can be used as a crutch and it, and you have to know when you're just showing up for therapy just to lean on someone or, you know, I believe like therapists, personal trainers, they should lose clients all the time, right? Cause they're doing their job. If you're with someone for too long um, or even, even just changing up therapists just to get a different perspective. Um, what I realized is that, I, it was very clear to me that like this neck up stuff that I was doing was not working for me anymore. Just going in and talking and talking and talking. And so I shifted into another modality, which is called trauma therapy, which is more, um, the, so this is called top down and then they have bottom up, which is more of like how the body is speaking to you. And there's some wonderful books out there. Um, the body keeps the score, which is probably the main one, which is, you know, you know, with anxiety for me, I've been trying to keep a lid on my emotions. And what happens is as emotions come up, I feel this thing in my chest, I start to get in my head and it just spins out of control. So how can I sit with these really uncomfortable feelings in my body and let them just feel them, feel them fully. And it sounds a little woo woo. And I was really skeptical at first. And it's been, again, it's been a long journey, but some of that work I think is the most potent and powerful. And, um, and it's, it's, it's hard because you're sitting with things that you couldn't sit with when you were younger. Right. So you just push them off, you disassociate it, whatever. And now you're giving them the freedom to, you're giving them, and it, it, it feel like you're dying sometimes. I mean, it feels horrible. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to put that in there because I think that that's, at least that's where my journey went. Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by Podcash as a collaboration between Racket and Stir. Podcash gave away over $100,000 to up and coming podcasters as a way to support insanely creative and inspiring podcasters. We know how difficult it can be to get a podcast off the ground and running, but with Podcash, it's a great way to get cash, and best of all, it's all free for your podcast. So if podcasting has been on your to-do list or you're already a podcaster, go to podcast.com to stay up to date with future podcast happenings. That's again, podcast.com, P-O-D-C-A-S-H.com. I hope to see your future podcast. Yeah, I know, Chris, I was going to say, like, uh, I, I really like your point about like the trauma based therapy, too. And like and it's all helping, you know, just building like your awareness when it comes to like yourself, you know, like connecting within being more mindful, you know, of how trauma and how it manifests in your physical bodies. And I completely agree that book, The Body Keeps the Score. I've read it. It's been one of one of my most influential books for me that's really helped me get into the psychological field um, and also like work as a counselor. So <clears throat> I will say like the fact that you're recommending that book is a, is a really good sign too, um, because the trauma that we experience, it's, it's fascinating how it, 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 still affects our physical bodies. Like there's specific parts in our body that are affected physically due to the trauma we face, whether that is, cause I know for me, it was a lot of like back stuff for me when I was younger. Um, and it just how, like when you suppress it, it just builds and builds and builds. Um, so again, I really just appreciate Chris, like just your honesty and, and your overall takeaways from your own experiences in your journey 
um, to where you are now. So definitely keep up the great work. You know, you got some, got some good stuff going. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, of course. Um, but I just want to transition a little bit. I know we talked a lot about your experiences and your journey so far. Relationships, you know, are a very big point of our lives, you know, and I know you mentioned you've made some like group relationships, right. That's really helped you also, you know, like your editing team, right. Has really helped you when it comes to publishing, helping you publish your book and stuff. So when it comes to overall relationships, what are some qualities, you know, that you've had to learn and look for, you know, that you need from like other people? Yeah, I I think that for me, I think I had to develop a trust before like, you know, I had trust issues, big trust issues because of how I grew up. So, you know, meeting someone, establishing, getting into a relationship, whether it's you know, an intimate relationship or whether it's, or a business relationship, it was, it, it was a struggle for me because I didn't trust that person until, you know, it took a while to get that, to, to develop that trust. Right. Um, I think, like I said before, the men's group was great for me because I think that that's where I really struggled the most because of my relationship with my father. And so to, to see, you know, to be with really loving, um, men who were very clean and, you know, clean and meaning they're, they weren't trying to get something. They weren't trying, they were just there, you know, holding a space for me or, um, supporting me or they might've been a little farther along than me. So they were, you know, almost like a mentor. Um, the men's groups were, were, were really helpful in, in creating trust that I didn't have. And then the ability that would, you know, that would seep out into other areas of my life and other relationships. I think also, you know, I'm generalizing again, but I think that creative specifically writers tend to be more introverted. And, you know, I know that I love sitting in this office behind this desk and just grinding stuff out. I'd rather do that than be at a rave, you know, with thousands of people, you know? So, uh, so I think that there's a personality, you know, that, that goes along with certain types of creatives and that, you know, I have to, I have to push myself, like even doing podcasts, like I love, I mean, I love chatting with people about this, but when I first started, I was like, oh man, what am I going to say? I don't know. I, you know, we're live, like, you know, um, so it's, it's really, um, you know, creating a, creating a, a, a place where the, the trust was there. And then just, you know, another great book is called, uh, feel the fear and do it anyway, which is, um, I think her name is Stephanie Je- Jeffries maybe. Um, but that's also like knowing that I'm not always going to feel like perfectly comfortable and just do it, you know, and just do it, whether that's, you know, going up to a, a woman that you find attractive or, you know, reaching out to someone that, that, um, for me, it might be a producer or, you know, to pitch something, you know, so it's, it's developing that, that skill and kind of doing it, doing it over and over again, um, that allows you to build those relationships that you want. And even today, I mean, I'm still like, I, like me and my wife were like, we want a bigger community, you know, and how do we do that? And, you know, we don't have kids, so we don't get invited to a lot of the kids things, you know, when, when they have, so we, we're trying to develop more of a community and relationships um, because I think that I'm happy you brought that up because that is one of the things I think that, that is lacking a little bit of my life. And it's so important. You have to have community. You have to have social interaction or else it's going to create more anxiety, depression, all kinds of things. Yeah. And, and just to add to your point, Chris, you know, like having like that social side, right. Realizing, you know, like what is it that I need in my own community? Right. And our own form of community is going to look different for everybody. And uh, like you said, like without it, you know, like that we can lose parts of ourselves. And I just first want to acknowledge though, cause that was a first great point. And another great point that, you know, stood out to me, I um, mean, your last answer was, you know, building and finding that trust, you know, to reach out, you know, and, and for me, that's something that I can share as well. You know, like when it comes to reaching out for people for podcasts, you know, or, you know, um, trying to reach out to producers, right? Like, hey, like I have this idea, pitch like this idea, like there's a lot of vulnerability that's involved there and having that trust within, right? So like regardless of, you know, what the other person is going to say, right, can can really help us, right? Because like you mentioned, like we're not always going to 
feel 100% like, oh, like I'm ready to do this now. I feel 100% confident. Like there's going to be certain days, you know, where we're not going to be as confident, right? But like you said, we just got to continue to push through. Like we can still do this and reminding ourselves that is so important. So having that trust within for yourself, you know, to be able to assert yourself, right? Not, not so much, you know, being aggressive, but like stating and communicating what you need, how you feel, right? And what ideas you have, right? So that way you feel heard and you're also getting your point across. Um, It's so important. So I just wanted to highlight that point and add a little bit more to what you're saying. Um, Assertive communication. Um, I I learned that in in, uh, some of my therapy sessions, being able to um, create statements for myself, right? To be able to like describe how I'm feeling, but also not, you know, like, make it all about me, you know, if you get what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And also like, you know, we just went through two of the darkest, two, three of the darkest years where people were sequestered. Um, I mean, some people were, you know, so, you know, they were sequestered. So the, the community aspect got just, you know, blown up for a while. And I think you're seeing some of that. Now you're seeing some of that, the ramifications of that. I think there's going to be, you know, I've said, I think there's going to be some PTSD reaction to that, you know, um, being, I mean, I, I lost a couple people, acquaintances that, that ended their life because, and I was like, I, these were like the last people I thought that that was going to happen to. And I think COVID and being sequestered and not being around people had some, had something to do with that. Um, it, it created this like pressure cooker that if people hadn't done any work on themselves, like they're all of a sudden they're with themselves or maybe they're with one other person and it's like, they just got to be there and sit with their stuff. And so I think that was, uh, that was a really ugly experiment that just happened, you know, and we're, we're going to see the ramifications for a while. Yeah. And, and just add to your point, because what I currently do now for my full-time job, I work with, I run groups for a lot of like the adolescent and uh, I just talked to my boss, like, today and we talked about how like my boss mentioned to me how our numbers have never been higher at this time of the year because usually right you know like schools coming to an end right the numbers are smaller but like you said you know due to like the pandemic you know and we're starting to see more of those ramifications of you know being isolated and not having that community aspect for multiple years and I know now you know we've where things are opening up now, you know, more and we're able to like do the things that we wanted to do before the pandemic. But like you mentioned, like those ramifications of those couple years, like some people have missed a lot of graduations and the, I, you know, all those little things that we would do, right. Going out with friends, like that was taken away for such a long period of time. So just to add to your point, Chris, like I'm seeing it in, in the field I'm doing now, like the numbers have never been higher due to uh, how the pandemic has really really impacted everybody. So really great point. I just wanted to add to what you were saying. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Chris, I just want to say again, I really appreciate everything you've shared so far from your openness to your relationships. to also, you know, describing like your own journey through creating your book and also, you know, realizing that you've had anxiety, getting the help that you need and being so open for it. I really appreciate everything so far. Um, to end our conversation, I wanted to get into some astrology talk. Um, so I know we talked a little bit before we talked before we recorded this podcast. Um, you mentioned how you got your chart done before. So when it comes to your overall feel of astrology, um, how do you feel about it? And and uh, I know you've gotten your chart read once. Have you gotten it done multiple times before? What's your overall relationship with it? Yeah, I've had it done a couple of times. Like my, I think my, my wife kind of brought that to me. I mean, I was, I mean, look, I'm into all the, the new age stuff, but, um, the, so the one, the chart I sent you was a, from a gentleman that, um, I, I think I had it read a couple of times. He was a little hard to like grasp, like what he was saying. I mean, he went off on so many different tangents and I've also done like I've done Vedic astrology, which I'm sure you know, it's just, it's a little bit like different. It's, I think it's either like I'm a Libra, but I think it like in Vedic, I might be a Virgo or, you know, I'm not sure, but um, I know I haven't done a reading in a long, long time, but I I like it as a tool, you know, as just another tool. Um, I don't take everything, you know, a hundred percent. Like, I don't like, like, this is the way things are going to be. Um, and so, but yeah, I'm always, I'm always interested to see 
how the, the idea that you're born on a certain day at a certain time and how that affects your life. And that just makes sense. You know, like if you, I do know that I was born in a really tumultuous, um, time. And, um, and so how does that impact my life? Does it, does it open me up to anxiety? You know, I don't know. So I'm, I'm interested to see what your, what your take is on it. Oh yeah, of course. And like pretty much like what I do for like, in just like this podcast stuff is like, I highlight just like certain parts that I see in your chart, you know, and I'll ask you some questions, you know, cause we talked a lot about your journey. Um, so I'm starting to see some of the, some of the things in your chart, you know, that gets highlighted. Right, um, and, right, right. One, and one of the biggest things I see right away and, and uh, once, once I'm done explaining, I'll, I'll let you know, like, how do you feel about it? Um, Saturn. So Saturn, just yep. in a quick summary is the planet of, you have to work hard here to uh to get what you want and we all have a saturn in our chart it's like the grandpa of the planets but the thing is right like if you work hard saturn will reward you of your hard work and one of the things for you that really stood out was your saturn and your north node so north node is things you're supposed to learn in this lifetime that in past lifetimes you did not learn uh because we all have like past lifetimes and we have current ones now and we have future ones um, so those two are in the same air and the same energy, which is Aries, which involves everything when it comes to self-confidence and it's in your eighth house. So the eighth house involves trauma. It involves, so it involves like trauma It involves intimacy. It involves transformation, um, implication, sexuality. So like, this is the house, you know, that's like, it really heightens the sense of self, right? Like being able to be intimate, right? And be and transform into like your newest self, right? So one of the things I noticed right away hearing you like describe your journey and stuff was that Saturn in that eighth house, you know, Aries is the self-confidence, right? That when Aries are good, right? It's I'm self-confident, I'm self-starting, like I'm going to do this. Um, So when it comes to, you know, that transformation for you once you found that self-confidence within was that something you know that you had to realize is that something you've really had to work and put in a lot of work in um through your journey and stuff like that absolutely i mean everything you're saying well i i think i think what i I, that's funny you brought up saturn i did i did hear that it was direct for a while like that's the hardest time and then now it's not direct um and I, i don't know it happens like every i don't know how many years Um, but I think that, that I've definitely struggled with self-worth issues. And so that makes a lot of sense that, you know, trying to develop, I mean, I'm definitely confident, more confident in in some areas, you know, as anyone would be more confident in some areas than others. Um, but it still lingers back there, like, you know, trying to like pump myself up and, and being able to, um, and just, just know that because I'm also a perfectionist. I mean, I don't think any level of, of, you know, what's, what am I trying to say? I don't think that even if I had all the things I wanted or accomplished all the things I wanted, I think I would still be pushing, you know, and hopefully that'll lessen as I do more work on myself, because you know, this, it's an inside job. It's not an outside job. It's not about all the things you, those things are great. They're wonderful but it's really an inside job. And, and so and to, to really feel confident with just who you are as a person, you know? Yeah. And, and I completely agree, you know, and that's the thing with Saturn, right? Like the more, the more work you're going to put in, the more you're going to be rewarded. Um, So that's the thing too. So that's something to think about too. Like, as like I described a little bit of that, you know, is just think about like how much you have grown from that. Right. Because like you mentioned, like Saturn, Saturn returns. It happens every 28 years. So that's when Saturn goes back to, you know, like um, the sign it was when you were born. So what you're doing is you're reliving the things, you know, that you need to you needed to work on. Right. Um, so just hearing your story and hearing your journey through that, like that was just something that really stuck out to me. Um, another thing I've noticed um, in your chart is I know you've mentioned like you've tapped into more like of inner work, right? Like stuff that's beyond. So your five senses and beyond Um, Jupiter. So as Saturn is the planet, the grandpa planet, right? So you have to work hard to get what you want. Jupiter is like the frat bro planet. So like this guy gives you, this planet gives you like the abundance of confidence in this area. 
And for you, like your Jupiter is in Leo, which is all about, you know, identity and a strong sense of ego. And it's in the 12th house, which involves the spiritual side of things, right? So like mental health, um, things that you can, that expand the five senses. Um, Cause I know you mentioned in your book and how like therapy and how mental health has really helped you. Um, that's something too, that stuck out to me right away too, as I was like, oh yeah, the Jupiter in the 12th house and a lot of 12th house placements, depending on what sign it is, um, can either shine light or also, you know, dim the light and to have Leo there is a really, really good placement for you. So I just wanted to know, like, has that been something too, when it comes to like tapping into like that mental health, spiritual work, like, has that really helped you find yourself more? Yeah, and I, but it's a double-edged sword. I think that like there's always searching, searching, searching. Like there's gonna like I, I can I can go off on a tangent and just do too much of that work, and and so in my wife's the same way. So you know we're just like constantly grinding in this area, and it's like it's like what is this all for? Like we want to just live at some point, right? So it's important, and I think, but also I think there's, I think I brought this up before is that you don't want it to be a crutch. Uh, so you don't want it to say, I'm, I'm going to just keep doing this to avoid actually living your life, you know? Um, so when you said that you, you know, be careful because it could also dim, but I, I think, you know, for the most part, you know, it got me to where I'm at now and I think it's been good, but I think now I'm looking at, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to, we're not going to be here forever and I want to enjoy my life and I want to, um, you know, maybe take more risks and, and put myself out there and, and, and feel the fear and do it anyway, as I said before, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. And, uh, you actually highlighted and described Jupiter really well, you know, like, um, Jupiter, the thing is like when this energy so much, you know, of like, go, 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 we have to be aware of like, when is it too much? So that, and like, when you highlight that in your last answer, I was like, wow, you just described the planet Jupiter perfectly. <laughs> so man, who knows? Maybe you got some astrology into you. That would be cool. Right. right. Um, but yeah, so one of the last things I just wanted to talk about, just because like, when I see a chart, you know, there's so many things to talk about and I don't want to, it'll be like two, we could do a whole separate podcast on just that. Um, I know you mentioned that you are Libra. And uh, one of the things that I see in your chart right away is you have a Libra sun and a Libra moon. Yeah. So the sun involves all of like the ego, right? And the moon involves all of the emotions in the inner world. Um, so when it comes to like that sense of ego and also emotions uh, to have the same sign and also in the same house um, can be really good. It can be a strength, but it can also you know, like you mentioned, like the sword aspect, right? Like it also, there could also be a clash there because it's too much similar energy. Um, I noticed though that you had it in your second house. So the second house involves the material possession. So whether that's money, whether that's finances, whether that is just anything material possession wise. Um, and Libra is all about that balance scale. So having a, a nice balance between everything, work, relationship, so when it comes to like your when it comes to like yourself, right? When it comes to like your emotions and also like that ego, has materialism or like the sense of like possessions have really drove you throughout your life, or is that something you know that we didn't? I don't just to think about, you know? Yeah, no, no. It, it, it ha I think it has in a sense that like what I was speaking about before is that if you feel empty inside, which I have, you try to fill it with things, right? You try to, you try to build your self-worth on possessions, fame, fortunes. And that's been, you know, I've got to be careful with that because I, I, I think that initially, you know, at least, you know, the entertainment business, I was, that's something that I thought, you know, that would, that would get me that. I mean, a lot of people get into this business because they want to be validated because they were never validated when they were younger, you know, again, generalization, but I think that a lot of artists um, are, are they just want that validation and they want that attaboy. Um, so, yeah, I can see how that could have that could play into my life. And also um, I, I'm a doer. So it's just do, 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 do. And I've got to I've got to slow that down and really, um, you know, pay attention to other things like, you know, my relationship with my wife and my animals and nature and, um, 
and 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 you know i have i do have an amazing life i do have a lot of possessions so that's you know like again those things are great but you have to have the internal alignment um to be able to appreciate those and know that you know i mean if you're trying to fill a hole you'll never fill the hole you know um you got to just you got to clean out clean that out and and heal yourself so so the hole's not there but um anyway hopefully that answers your question oh yeah definitely it does you know and and that's one of the things about your chart you know like and that's one of the things I just wanted to highlight when it comes to astrology. It's like another tool in the toolbox, right? To just help you, you know, discover some new things you might not have thought of, you know? Um, yeah. So, and I just want to say, Chris, like, I really appreciate just your honesty from you sharing your chart, you know, to sharing your experiences. I've really just appreciated your honesty, you know, because I know how some of these subjects, it can be, you know, hard to talk about. Um, but Chris, I just wanted to, before we wrap everything up, I wanted to, you know, give you the chance, you know, to advertise your book and also where can everybody check you out and follow you, follow whether that's on social media or any groups and stuff. Um, so I'll give you the next couple minutes for you to, you know, advertise yourself. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I mean, the easiest place to go is probably my website, which is just my name, ChristopherGladis.com. And all the links to everything will be there, social media, uh, my film projects. So that's really the, the the main place to go. Obviously, you can go to Amazon. The book is there. Um, if you just, when your mind screams into the Amazon search bar, you'll find it. Um, and then just keep a lookout. Um, I'll be posting any sort of podcasts that come up. I'm just going to be posting them on my, on, on diff different social media platforms. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, Chris, and I'll make sure again, I'll, I'll put your book and any links that you want in the show description as well. So that way, you know, whether you guys are tuning in live or listening to the podcast after on Spotify and Apple podcast, um, I'll, I'll put it in the show description. So that way you guys, you know, can follow Chris and all that fun stuff. Um, but Chris, I want to say it's been an honor. Thank you for your honesty and please stay safe. Yeah, man. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. You're doing a great, I mean, this is what you're, you're really providing a service out there for people. So keep, keep on doing what you're doing. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Same for you as well. Stay safe in LA. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you.